Hi, everyone, and welcome to Narcissism Recovery Podcast. My name is Yitz Epstein. I am your host. I'm a narcissistic abuse life coach. Today, I'm going to be discussing the devastating effects of sexual rejection. Just a small disclaimer, this episode is controversial and most probably going to be triggering. So if you're finding yourself uncomfortable listening to this episode, feel free to skip it. To begin, at the core of narcissism and narcissistic abuse, from the way I see it, is sexual shame and the fear of sexual rejection. In childhood, when we are abandoned or rejected by our parents, who in fact are our first intimate partners, our first close relationships because of a lack of attunement, attention, unconditional love, mirroring by neglectful and selfish narcissistic parents, this is going to create this abandonment and rejection wound. There's going to be incredible toxic shame that stems from this wound, and as a result, the egocentric and entitled, naturally, selfish child will then blame themselves and create a narrative that looks like people will reject me because ultimately I am shameful, I am unlovable, and my parents rejected me, therefore I eventually, by all intimate partners, will be uh, rejected. So later on in life, this child starts to enter into relationships, they're still going to have this fear of rejection. And because of this fear of rejection, specifically intimate rejection, which also translates in being rejected uh, whenever they are vulnerable, most specifically when they are sexually uh, connecting, uh, in essence, they are going to create defense mechanisms so they do not feel these negative emotions that stem from being rejected sexually. I will say that I do believe that sexual rejection is one of the worst emotions and feelings known to mankind. So you could imagine that the amount of defense mechanisms that a person who has this fear would create in order to avoid these negative emotions. Some of the defense mechanisms that get created are rejecting one's self and denying one's sexuality entirely, not being able to make peace with this part of oneself and therefore fighting against it, uh, projecting it outward to the outside world and hating that part of themselves in others and maybe healthy sexually people, people who do accept their own sexuality, hating them or feeling disgusted by them, um, extreme perfectionism, uh, objectifying themselves, objectifying people, uh, objectifying sex, objectifying women or the opposite sex, I should say, uh, incredible self-hate, disgust and shame for one's sexual identity, extremely low self-esteem, cripplingly self-conscious, extreme body shame, constantly focusing on one's body flaws, having extreme trust issues, uh, intellectualizing sex, or intellectualizing relationships, extremely intellectually defended, oftentimes sexualizing everything. So in, in, instead of denying sex or just defending against it, just obsessed with sex, uh, exhibitionary, uh, obsession with just sexual activity or just sexually compulsive, impulsive, uh, or like I said, or the opposite, hating sex, seeing it as evil, gross, shameful, and something to be repulsed by. Now, I also find that religion, people use religion to, uh, you know, the rigid rules of religion and the, just the sexually controlling uh, laws and dogmas about sexuality and sex as a way of defending against it, you know, sort of a self-righteous attitude about sex that they can't enjoy it or they can't see it as something that's good or acceptable, uh, in essence, distracting themselves from sex with the rules and ideas about it. Uh, I often find that people who are attracted to cults, uh, cults sort of offer this, this acceptance if, you know, with conditions of maybe sexual rejection or sexual exploitation, or again, just in some way uh, misusing sex and just defending against feelings of being vulnerable and being uh, sort of just in the moment and present with your sexuality. Uh, in relationships, sexually controlling or gaslighting of partners to assure that, again, you're making sure that the partner does not reject you so you control them. Uh, codependent relationships and narcissistic relationships, again, just controlling, manipulative relationships that don't really have any vulnerability uh, and just not self-accepting, not self-loving, and not uh, trusting. 
So in many instances, narcissistic abusers who themselves are deeply terrified of sexual rejection, uh, obviously not accepting their sexual identity, usually terrified of being vulnerable and sexually uh, drowning in sexual shame, will actually hold the fear of rejection, specifically sexual rejection, over their intimate partner's heads, uh, usually covertly in order to assure that their partner does not leave. Again, controlling them, uh, maybe just trauma bonding them to assure that, again, their own trigger, their own sexual rejection wounds do not get uh, triggered and opened. In addition, I also find that cheating in intimate relationships is a way of sort of hurting before getting hurt or betraying before being betrayed. Again, a fear of being vulnerable. Uh, you don't want to be open. You don't want to be vulnerable because ultimately you are terrified. Uh, partners who cheat, I, in essence, I do believe that's what it's from. It's just this terror uh, of being rejected sexually. And as a result, you defend against that by going ahead and doing it first. Uh, I do find that sexual rejection wounds will usually have the individuals uh, hating the opposite sex or the sex that they are attracted to. Uh, those with sexual shame will either cling to toxic and abusive partners just so they do not feel the sting of being alone, uh, which would then trigger the abandonment or rejection, uh, sexual, specifically rejection wounds. I would argue, like I said before, that narcissistic personality at its core, there are many elements of narcissistic personality disorder and narcissism, but I do believe at its core is this sexual shame and this deep fear of being sexually uh, rejected. And I do think that sexual rejection is one of the most painful emotions known to humankind, uh, and it's the incalculable pain that it causes is drives people to suicide. And I would argue, like I said, just so painful, one of the most painful, and it would explain why somebody is so motivated to get rid of this feeling and to deny it and to, to just run away from it. Now, the goal is sexual freedom, sexual expression, and sexual health. When this is the case, we are mentally healthy, and I do believe mental health uh, stems strongly back to the way we're able to accept ourselves and then express that self specifically uh, sexually. When somebody is rejected sexually, uh, in essence, it's as close to who we are as it can get. It's the rejection of one's entire sense of self, one's entire existence, and the impossible shame that comes as a result uh, is devastating. So the goal is to create a healthy sexual identity, to accept one's sexuality, to work through the shame, and to connect with other people who are in a similar way, uh, a similar state, so you can be vulnerable and open up and connect and get that human connection and the fulfillment that results as a result of that, which I believe is one of the strongest, most important human needs. So now I wanna talk a little bit about how to heal if you have sexual shame and if you have been sexually rejected. First of all, it's so important to individuate and develop a, he a healthy sense of self, specifically a healthy sexual identity. It's important to work through your sexual shame, uh, heal relationships with sex, uh, relationships, the relationship you have with your own sexual identity, uh, the idea of sex. It's important to understand that when somebody rejects you sexually, while it is extremely personal, it does not mean that you are unlovable or that you are ugly or un, uh, unattractive. The goal is to understand that people rejecting you, they have their own reasons why, as long as you do not reject yourself, so sexual acceptance, acceptance of who you are at its core, uh, heal trust issues, learn how to be vulnerable again. Again, this all most specifically happens with yourself because once you can accept yourself, once you can uh, accept your own sexual identity, it's less intimidating when somebody else does it to you because ultimately you realize that you have your own sense of self and you can go on and not be just shattered when somebody else uh, rejects you. Accept yourself unconditionally, uh, unconditionally love who you are as a person, and finally accept your body and all its perceived flaws. So a tall order, certainly not something easy to do, 
But if you find yourself struggling with sexual shame and being rejected, maybe in childhood, having that abandonment, rejection wound, uh, or past relationships where you have been rejected and you are finding yourself having a difficult time accepting your sexual identity, please do reach out and allow me to help you restore this sense of sexual self so you can uh, connect with other people in this way. Because again, if we don't do it, it affects every element of our life. Uh, every relationship is going to have issues, trust issues, defense mechanisms, and this creates many barriers to intimacy and healthy connection. So please reach out for a free 15-minute consultation if you are struggling in this way. My email is info at yitzepstein.com. You can reach me by phone, 818-210-6049. I want to thank you all so very much for joining me for today's episode. Until next time, all the very best.